and welcome to Media MD, the podcast where each fortnight we take a look at a piece of media that we have somehow missed. I am Ruben Morehouse. And I'm Elliot Davold. And this fortnight we actually have a special guest with us, uh, Nicholas Corey. Hi. Hi guys, thanks for having me. No worries. worries. So what have you got to bring to us this fortnight, Nick? So I actually am bringing a science fiction movie that is near and dear to my heart. It goes by the name of Attack the Block. And it's a bit of a cult classic. Uh, it, not many people have actually seen it, from what I understand. Um, and this is totally new to you guys, correct? Never even heard of it. I used to work at a video store, and I think I remember seeing an ad for it a long time ago, but I can't... It's, I'm really having trouble piecing together what it actually is. Sure, yeah. Well, that's actually more than I even knew about it going into it. This was a movie that I had literally just seen screenshots of online... And I'm like, what the heck is this movie? This looks amazing. And it shows like a uh, a kid running down a hallway with a katana and he's being chased by aliens. I'm like, that looks awesome. <laughs> so I just looked it up and it ordered it on. Awesome. Yeah, I just ordered it on Amazon and just watched it totally cold and just fell in love with it. Um, so, yeah. So you if you've seen an ad for it, like I said, that's a step ahead of where I was when I first got into it. I think the ad. Tell me if this is right or not. I think the ad I saw for it was like. A bunch of like um, London Chav kind of people fighting with aliens. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the gist of the movie. the <laughs> The tagline is "Inner City versus Outer Space," and then a lot of the the ad campaign kind of compares it to mixing gremlins with Goonies, uh, and that's kind of Sold. the vibe you get from it. But there, it's rated R, so there's a lot more swearing and violence in it too. But but uh, yeah, it's 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 a really good sci-fi action comedy movie. Okay, cool. So, what do you think? So, from what from what you're describing, this the style of comedy sounds kind of like um, what's that? What's the Simon Pegg movie? Uh, the World's End is that the one I'm thinking? Yes. Of? Yep. Um, this was actually produced by two of the companies that also produced The World's End, uh, Shaun of the Dead, and Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Uh, the three big Simon Pegg, Nick Frost films. So yeah, very much in that wheelhouse. Okay, cool. So what do you think are its... Why is it a cult classic? Why is it something that you immediately fell in love with? Um, I fell in love with it because it it takes two of my favorite things, which one of them being kind of that kids on bikes genre of storytelling, kind of like that Stand By Me or Goonies mm-hmm. style of film where it, there's really a charm about that sort of era of storytelling that you don't see a whole lot in major Hollywood films now. And then it combines that with, I wouldn't call it hardcore violence, but they don't hold any, they don't pull any punches. Like it's, you know, they're, they're not afraid to show blood and they're not afraid to have violence on screen. And then I'm always, I'm a, I'm a creature guy. I'm, I love my monsters and the aliens in this film, like they're, they're pretty cool. They, they stand out. So is it like, you say they don't hold any punches with the violence and you describe it as that kind of like Stephen King style or like Stranger Things style. Um, mm-hmm. Is it is it children fighting against these aliens? <laughs> yeah, it's it's people of various ages. I think the youngest kids on here are probably around eight or nine and they're not in <laughs> it for a whole lot. They just have a couple scenes here and there, you know, but the okay. the main character looks like he's probably like 15, 14 or 15 and you guys will probably recognize him. The actor is John Boyega, who oh. is uh, oh, from, plays Finn uh, in the most recent Star yeah. Wars movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe this was his entry into science fiction that landed him the Star Wars role. 
I think if this wasn't his first movie, I think it was definitely um, one of his first that actually had a decent budget behind it. So yeah, yeah. So he said, this is just more of my own curiosity than out of any specific need to understand this, but you sure. said that the, the youngest was like eight or nine and they were varying ages. Mm. How old do they get? Is there like grandmas fighting aliens in this movie? <laughs> Not quite. Um, the lead protagonist, like I said, John Boyega, he's probably supposed to be about 14 or 15 in this. There is mm. a, a woman who's a nurse. She's probably in and around the age of 30, I would guess. Um, and then, you know, Nick Frost is in it as well. So he has not a huge character, but he has a role in it too. So so there are adults, but the mm. story focuses on on this group, this kind of gang of kids that um, are kind of the troublemakers of their apartment block and how they deal with these alien creatures that are suddenly invading their lives. And I guess that kind of would be useful to give it more of a like whimsical kind of sense, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it adds it adds a layer of personality that, again, even though I love big budget action films, a lot of those are, at least recently, they're kind of lacking that that person. Oh, of course, now with the superhero films, we have more charm and, and humor in them. But before mm. that, it was pretty much just, you know, guy with a shaved head toting guns. And that's fun. <laughs> but, you know, it's yeah. nice to have some color there, too. Yeah. Maybe I just have this weird kind of disconnect in my brain because when I saw this, I think I saw this trailer for this movie like when it came out to DVD five or six years ago or whatever, and it seemed very... I would have described it, if I had to guess what the movie was about without having seen it, I would have described it as like the in-betweeners meets like an alien invasion kind of thing, but it sounds like it's more like whimsical and fantastical. Well, um, it's well, it is rated R. I mean, it is an adult film, uh, mm. so... I guess you're 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 kind of on on the right point when you're talking about the in-betweeners there. However, it's not as um not as focused on comedy, but comedy is a very real part of it, if that makes sense. Like it's it is I first think. and foremost a science fiction suspense movie, but the the mere fact that it focuses on these kids injects this level of humor that wouldn't normally be there. Okay. So can you tell me a bit about the aliens that are invading? Yeah, definitely. Um, they're total monsters. Like, there's no... They're not a sentient race. They're not, um, like, scouting out Earth for a colony or anything like that. They're totally just creatures. Like, almost like the alien from, you know, the alien films from the Ridley mm. Scott horror movie in the 70s. Um, they're these... They're covered in this, like, black fur. They're about gorilla-sized. And they're just... They're territorial monsters is all it comes down to that just happen across Earth. Um, so the plot, you know, <laughs> when it comes to that part of the plot, there's not a whole lot going on there. Um, <laughs> but they're interesting enough of a creature. And and especially when you look at um, the fact that a lot of the effects in this movie were practical effects that they then just went over with kind of a CG brush to give it a little extra layer of, of realism. Um, yeah. But a lot of these monsters on there are guys in suits and are animatronics. And that, to me, that that's it's cool to see that still in this day and age in filmmaking. Yeah, I mean, I guess the best way to do effects has always been a, a nice blend of practical and, and CGI effects. Mm-hmm. Especially with monster movies, I guess. Because <laughs> once you get into fully CGI, like monster films, it gets so disconnected from reality in a very weird way that right. just makes it not... Well, I mean, it, at all. it's tough for like the actors and stuff as well because you know they're probably acting in front of like mm-hmm. a sock puppet or something and yeah 
hard to right. do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, again, this is just very speculative, but I'm imagining now in my head, it's like, <laughs> this is going to sound so stupid. And actually, now that I'm about to say this, this is a movie that I really want to see, like Home Alone versus an alien, right? <laughs> Where it's like defending an apartment block with these weird, intricate, MacGyvered together traps against these extraterrestrial beings. <laughs> I don't know if sure, that's what it's yeah. like, but that's what I want to see now that, now that that idea's in my head. Well, I hope I'm not uh, setting this up, but they're not really so much on the trap stuff. Um, but it's, it is, again, Goonies meets Gremlins, um, but rated R, I think, is the perfect way to describe <laughs> this movie. Because it has, it has the feelings of both, but it also has the language and the themes of a more adult action film. Um, you uh, compared it earlier to The World's End, and I would say that is a very appropriate comparison. And you can definitely see that the the connective tissue or kind of that, that narrative through line between this movie and movies like The World's End or Shaun of the Dead or that sort of thing. I don't, I don't know exactly what put this in my head, but I'm imagining some sort of misfits uh, similarities as well. Misfits, yes. Um, I guess that's sort of, you know, the fact that they're not necessarily... Uh, the best behaved kids, um, but they're getting put in this situation that calls mm-hmm. them to sort of step up. Um, you know, yeah, I'm I'm excited. Although in Misfits, I wouldn't say they really do ever step up. But <laughs> oh, we'll they see do. How we go with the <laughs> They do every now and then. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to jump into it. Um, yeah, we'll meet back in two weeks and talk about what we thought of it. Great. All right. Cool. Well, I'll pass us off to our future versions right now. Thanks, past me. Yes. Uh, so I'm future Ruben, and I'm here to tell you that what you're about to listen to will contain spoilers for Attack the Block. So don't keep listening to this episode of Media MD until you have watched Attack the Block. It's a pretty good movie, spoilers for the second half of this episode, but it's fun. It's good fun. So go check it out. We'll be waiting right here, and we will uh, we'll, we'll keep going when you get back, I guess. Alright, see you in a bit. And we are back two weeks later. So, Attack the Block. I have a lot of things to say about this one. Um, I'm just, I want to spoil it right away by just saying, I really like this movie. I thought this was a really fun movie. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, And usually when people say a movie was fun, that kind of has this like connotation of like, oh, you know, it's fun. Like, it's a bit shallow, you know, but I didn't really... Yeah, I mean, like, I they don't want to say, say it's good. Yeah, they, they don't want to say, like, oh, it really made me think. And, like, okay, you know, this movie probably doesn't have that many social commentaries. It has a bit of, you know, stuff that makes you think it, in there. But it's sort of, it's mm. sort of half attempts to dabble in that sort of stuff, but doesn't really put the effort in. It just sort of skips around it, I would have said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. And not to its detriment, either. I would say it's fun in the sense that it's, like... It's a movie that makes you feel good, and it's not, like, shallow. Yeah. It's just, like, engaging mm. and fun, you know? Like, I don't know. Um. Anyway, we usually start off with a, a plot description, but I feel like this movie is s- very simple, very straightforward. Yeah. So I don't know if we even need one. <laughs> yeah. um, a- aliens a- attack the block. Like, that's, that's, yeah. that's more or less Aliens attack, <laughs> and these this gang of teen young teen chavs fight them off, basically. Yeah, that's pretty uh, much it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, to a degree, this movie is definitely very straightforward. To, but I don't know. It's hard to say that without also not conveying 
disappointment because I wasn't disappointed in this movie. Like it was a really fun movie. It was straightforward and fun, mm-hmm. and everything just kind of went. Everything was really good. I, I think. Don't know. I think it's it was. It was one of those movies that sort of set out to do a particular thing and accomplished it really well. Like it wasn't reaching too far. Like they just set out to make a, a relatively simple but still quality um, sort of you know alien invasion movie, and that's sort of what they pulled off. Right, that's what I was just going to offer, was that it's a film that it doesn't do more than it should, or it doesn't try to do more than it should. Yeah, like, exactly. And what you said is right, you know, they set out to do a fun science fiction action movie, and that's ultimately what it is. It's not making any greater commentary about anything, it's just presenting us with a basic premise and, and the action to follow that up, and, and that's what it delivers on. Yeah, and I'd say it really delivers in a lot of ways, like... um technically this movie was made by people who are clearly very competent and good at their jobs <laughs> yeah <laughs> like um th- this is a weird thing to say but usually when i'm watching a movie or a tv show or whatever establishing sh- establishing shots are never something that i really think about as that's good or that's bad but a lot of the shots mm. in this the establishing shots in this movie are just like these shots from the base of the apartment block looking up at the apartment block and it gives you this really weird sense of scale that's like really cool for for watching this movie and it establishes it really mm. well in a in a way that actually made me think about establishing shots where i normally wouldn't in <laughs> watching anything else <laughs> yeah great sense of place i think with this film even yeah. though it is a relatively small setting uh mm. they really do a good job to establish uh, a prevailing feeling of that setting you know you get a great idea of where you are in relation to the block pretty much throughout the whole film yeah totally yeah and i remember when i was watching it one of the first shots of the block is when the the gang is like riding their bikes back into it or whatever, and the camera mm. just lingers for like a few seconds on a on a map that's posted right down the bottom that just kind of has you know this is the block and here's this outline and then it points out a couple of key places and it just lingers for like two or three seconds, not enough time to mm. really kind of like wrap your head around it fully, but it's like oh you know now I know exactly what the spacing of this movie is going to be for the rest of it. I just thought that was really interesting and kind of. It's not even center frame, it's just kind of off to the side a little bit, but you can immediately kind of be drawn to it and know exactly what's going to be happening and, like, the spacing for what's going to happen for the rest of the movie, which I thought was really clever. Mm-hmm. When I was... I, I watched this movie just last night, so I would be fresh for recording. Um, and before I, I... I was going to watch it, and then my parents were around, and I was like, oh, do you guys want to watch this movie with me? And they kept asking me to pitch it to them, and I, I didn't... I didn't want to because I knew that this would be the kind of movie that normally if I described it, they wouldn't enjoy, right? Mm. And this led me to talking to, to looking up like the, uh, the review scores for the movie to see how other people had appreciated it, just so I could be like, oh, check it out. It's got this on IMDb or whatever. And I found that there was this weird discrepancy between the IMDb scores and the Rotten Tomato scores. Like, really? it had a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is like, you know, 90% of critics liked it. That's pretty good. But on IMDb, mm. its user score is like six out of ten or something ridiculously low. Wow! Yeah, that and I was like, that. yeah, and I, I don't, I have no after that was before I watched it, and so it made me a bit apprehensive. But of course, as soon as I started watching the movie, it was really good. Like, <laughs> I don't know why people, <laughs> what I don't know. I wonder it's, if there was, was like a a bad advertising campaign, and and a lot of people went in expecting mm. something different to what they got because, like, that's what's hurt cult sort of films on places like imdb in the past so it could just be something yeah. like well that. i can 
I would say I can speak a little bit to this film's opening weekend, just a little bit. I know that um, when it released in the UK, uh, which was, you know, obviously where it was filmed and everything, mm. it released the same weekend as, I think, Fast and the Furious 5 and the original Thor movie. So it it had two other big films to go up against, both of which, you know, were taking place in established universes and with characters that people knew. And this was, this is literally, it's its own story. There's no other, you know, there's no comic mm. book that you're missing. There's no, you know, novelization that it follows or anything like that. So it was kind of, you know, it had its work cut out for it, even on its domestic release. And then when it finally came to the United States, when it came to the West, it had a limited release and I think it only showed in a total of like 60 theaters across the entire U.S. So that would be mm. why I myself hadn't heard of it until well after it had come out. Um, and that's that's kind of a big part of why I, I can't speak to the IMDb score, but I can say that its release and its opening weekend, generally the biggest weekend for a film, um, it had a lot of trouble. Yeah, I was looking up, I looked up the budget and how much this movie made and it made about half mm. of its... 13 million dollar budget which isn't even that high for this kind of it's not a high budget movie i mean it looks good but it's right. not super expensive but it really didn't make a lot of money and when i was looking it up it kind of one of the theories that was put forward by people was because this movie is so british like it's so it tells this story about these five very very british kids in this very very british setting that is maybe sure. a bit disconnected for american audiences but I don't know. It, it seems like this movie did so much worse than it should have. <laughs> like, mm. right? This yeah, is a really and that's fun movie. and that right. And and I saw that studios use that um, as an excuse as to why they wouldn't want to pick up the film and distribute it in the U.S. was because it was because of how thick the accents are and how fast everybody talks and and some mm. people I. And again, this is all from Wikipedia, so I can't speak to the validity of this information, but it said that some studios thought that maybe doing subtitles would be a good idea, even though everyone's speaking English in it, but, <laughs> which struck me as weird. But uh, when you sit down and watch the movie, I don't think it was too hard to, to follow what was going on as someone from the U.S. watching you yeah. know, a, a very thickly British film, so... Just like use context, like even if you miss, they use a lot of slang, and it's like, okay, I don't understand what that word means, but like, you know, use context clues. Yeah, people. exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like this movie was only from 2011. It's not like it was two decades ago or something, and that seems like a bit of an mm -hmm. outdated excuse for Definitely. for not pushing it. Or I don't know, maybe the marketing campaign just wasn't there or something. Um, we got a a bit off track about talking about the movie. Um, I have a couple more things I want to touch on with it. Um, so I talked about how the, the establishing shots were good and it's got like really good cinematography. It's got a lot, a lot of really good, um, just a really good, like engaging shots. The, the finale of the movie has this, has Moses, the main character, like running past all these aliens and it does this beautiful slow motion shot of him like jumping mm. over them with mm. like, this little alien in a backpack on his bag and its limbs are like flailing around. <laughs> it's got these really like good, clever, cool shots to watch. It just was a very competently made movie. Although the one technical aspect where I think there was a bit of weirdness going on was with the soundtrack for the movie. Um, really? Well, it, it was good at parts, I felt, but it was very eclectic. It had this kind of... Um, mm. 
it had like there were tracks that were like you know hip hop tracks when they're doing their gearing up montage or like these kind of future synthy tracks which is very like mm-hmm. I guess the comparison would be like Stranger Things where they're kind of riding around on their bikes that kind of thing but then yeah. it also had very I don't know how to describe it it felt very Men in Black kind of soundtrack where it's like the generic kind of superhero action movie soundtrack um, sure sure where it's like, you know, that kind of swelling music that's just kind of a bit orchestral and is meant to hint that like, oh, things are happening now, you know, which is, I always right. feel like that kind of stuff is a bit overdone nowadays with that whole kind of action genre. Um, yeah, it had, a, it had a real mix of different things in there, which was a bit strange, but I don't know. There were, there were some really good parts where the music was like, oh, this is really emphasizing how like street street this scene is kind of i don't know if Mm -hmm. that's the right word like kind of um yeah street um and then Mm -hmm. it had like this this then it jumped to these weird kind of superhero movie scores where it was like it felt like the camera should be swooping around following these aliens like flying down and it was a bit it was a bit weird (laughs) i don't know i have a couple of different things to say about it but really it's just kind of nitpicking small bad things or nitpicking small good things that just kind of contributed to this movie being enjoyable from start to finish mm-hmm. yeah i thought the effects were really good um like i think i think you talked a bit uh previously nick about how they they sort of blended um cgi with practical effects uh mm-hmm. and, I, and i thought that really showed through i think the like the only part i thought where the effects were bad was sort of right at the start when that first alien lands on on the, the car and I, sure. uh, it was a bit Doctor Who-y, I'd say. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, feel, I feel kind of racist <laughs> constantly comparing this to other British things. But um, yeah, the effects the effects were um, a little bit Doctor Who-y. But then the, the later ones, the sort of the black ones with the with the glow-in-the-dark teeth, which was just a random but nice mm. touch, the, the glow-in-the-dark teeth. Mm. Um, yeah, like it was, it was really well done. And all the blood yeah, and, and feel... stuff was, was good. I feel like... This movie did have a smaller budget and there were things like the decision to have the kind of black shadowy monsters as the the aliens kind of make sense in the context of trying to save budget, but they really pulled it off in a good way. Although there were oh, yeah. a couple of cases where they do like, or at the very start, I, I know what you mean, Elliot, where the effects felt like they were a bit clunky at the start. Like there's the scene where they're chasing the, the first alien, the female alien, it and was, they chase it, was, it into like the shed. It was very similar to ET, like at yeah. that mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Or they chase the female alien into the shed, and then they shoot like a firework at it, and it like smokes up the shed. And so then from then on, you don't really see anything. And it. it just felt to me watching it as it was like, oh, they're trying to disguise that they don't have the budget to do like a thing. There. Right. Yeah. But they're then, trying to show you what's going on without actually showing you. Yep. Mm. Yeah, and that's okay. But it felt very overt in that scene. Whereas later on, with the kind of the black shadowy aliens where they did similar things to try and disguise the lower budget, it really worked a lot better. And it just felt there was a bit of, I don't know, it just missed the mark a bit at the start there. Sure. Well, I would I would say it's more, there are certain scenes where you can really see them spending the budget, I think is more of, I think that's how I sort of see it. So like, mm. while that beginning may seem like a little a little strange to, to obviously be cutting corners like that, I think that's because they're saving their money for like the um, the ambulance scene. Uh, yeah. Was it? Or yeah. I'm sorry, the was it the ambulance? Yeah, the ambulance. It was like a the, police, police wagon. vehicle. I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
where that that's obviously where they're pouring a lot of budget in there because they have the aliens attacking that and they're flipping vehicles over and stuff like that. Um, mm. Or obviously later on when you have the the monsters in force in the in the block itself. Like those are the mm. scenes that really stand out to me as some of my favorite moments in the film, and I'm sure that's where they were really pouring the budget into. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of the drawback of having this movie that has a fair studio budget but not a large studio budget is that they can't really go all out with that the whole way through. Mm -hmm. They have to pick and choose, which is a bit unfortunate. And because it was at the start, it kind of set a weird tone, which they then had to beat later on, which they did, (laughs) but it's still kind of, yeah. Anyway, we've been going on this movie for a fair amount. I feel like I could talk about it for a long time just because it was the kind of movie that it's like, it's the kind of movie where you just really root for the heroes and they succeed in the end and everything kind of, I mean, it doesn't all work out great, obviously, but it's the kind of movie where you just are like so engaged in everything that's going on, and it's all so fun and endearing um, that you could just really like gush about it forever. But yeah. we should, actually, we should. Well, actually, we, just just yeah. now that you mentioned it, the like the ending, I actually kind of liked that it was sort of open ended, but not mm. in a normal mm. way. So, in like a normal movie like this, would have left it open ended in terms of like oh, like a, another alien hatching at the end or something uh this one just <laughs> yeah. sort of left you wondering what was actually going to happen to the characters and 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 the block itself and all that uh, it was interesting yeah it wasn't open-ended in the sense of what's happening with these aliens because the aliens were the conflict and not the emotional factor right? yeah like, exactly you right. want to know what's happening with the characters and so they left that a bit ambiguous so that you can kind of see multiple things happening there and i think this is very unsubstantiated i'm just going to say it when I typed in Attack the Block into Google before, one of the autocomplete results was Attack the Block 2. I don't know if that's a real thing or not. All I know <laughs> is that there was an autocomplete result for it, but I'd be interested to see that if it happens. Hopefully that just means that, that everybody is looking for that. Um, yeah. Because I, I was thinking about that earlier as far as like if they made a sequel to this film and how on board... Obviously, I'd be on board with it because I love this one, but at the same time, there would be a little bit of a reservation there simply because... This movie does sort of wrap everything up, and even though there is a little bit left up to the viewers to kind of fill in the gaps at the end, the resolution Mm. is still strong enough, and this story is such a good point A to point B, you know, wrap-up that I don't know if a straight-up sequel would be... You'd have to really kind of find a way to reintroduce either a new enemy or a new conflict of some sort, or to bring these back. You know, it seems... It would seem like they'd have to they'd have their work cut out for them as far as writing the, the film goes. Yeah, you'd yeah, want to have an like, idea. You, like, you'd want to have an idea. You wouldn't just want to start with, we got to make a sequel and right. rehash it as much. I think, yeah, it'd be one of those... It's one of those films where the sequel would have to sort of stem from its own idea for it to work, like this film did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, if I was going to make a sequel to this movie, it's been six years since Attack the Block, right? And so... Yeah. John Boyega and all the other actors and whoever played the characters, they they have grown out of the age where this can still be a coming-of-age story about those characters. And so mm. I reckon it would have to almost certainly be either new characters or maybe focusing a bit on the two the, the two younger characters who, whose names I've forgotten. But May, they're like Mayhem, <laughs> Mayhem and Probs or something, right? Probs? Props? Yeah. Um, maybe those... Are, those two are a bit older and they have to kind of come into their own thing with the same aliens. So I, I don't know how I would do it, but I definitely wouldn't see it working as well with a like 21 year old John Boyega's character, oh, Moses. I also, it's not, 
I mean, I'd also be concerned that John Boyega's outgrown the movie's budget at this point. Mm. Um, yeah, well, that's yeah. true. Well, after, yeah, with Star Wars. Now he's, yeah, he's got that Star Wars <laughs> money now. He's, uh... This only has one race of aliens. John Boyega doesn't appear in films with only one race of aliens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess we'll wrap it up by doing our, our, our ratings. I don't know. This movie is so... It was just so fun. It's the kind of movie where I feel like there wouldn't be anybody who would not enjoy it, even mm. though they mm. wouldn't get as much out of it. It's just the kind of movie where this is enjoyable for all ages above, you know, like 15, because it is R-rated and some characters do die in it. <laughs> but, and I think um, the comparison yeah. the comparison's really there to sort of Hot Fuzz and World's End. Like, we talked about that mm. before. Yes. And so I think, yeah, I mean, if, if you if you or someone you know enjoys those films, this is definitely something I'd strongly recommend based on those films. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah. so I guess if we've got to give, them, give it numbers... Um, we do. That's how it works. Yep. That's how watching movies works. You always have to give them a number, okay? Um, I'll, go, I'll go plug this straight into IMDb when, when I'm done. Uh, I'll give it an 8. 8 out of 10. Yeah, I'll... I'll agree with you, Elliot. I reckon it's... A, I'll, I'll go eight and a half out of ten. I just... It's just fun, you know? It's just mm. a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Just watch it. It's fun. I don't know. That's all you need to say about it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely one of those films that you just... I was just going to put a button on it and say this is one of those films that you would take out and show to anybody whenever you're wondering what to watch. Like, this has always been one that I'm like, well, I could watch this or we could watch this. And if you can't really decide on something, well, we'll just put Attack the Block in because you know you're going to enjoy it. It's a crowd pleaser. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Anyway, Nick, thank you for joining us on Media MD. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me. And thanks for bringing such an awesome movie for us to watch. Now I have something to to bust out when people are scrolling through Netflix trying to decide what we should watch. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Do you have anything that you want for our listeners to, to find out more about you? Yeah, well, um, I am a, a self-published science fiction author and also an independent game designer and podcaster, so I kind of have my hands in a lot of different pies. Um, but you can read up all about all of those endeavors at nicholascorey.com. That's Corey, K-O-R-Y, dot com. Um, and the one that yeah. most people probably know me from is uh, the Mythos Busters podcast, which is a podcast for me and a few friends talk about the Arkham Horror card game that Fantasy Flight just recently released. So, yes. check out those two things, I'd say. Now, I have to say, we were looking at your some of your books that you had published, and there's one about a girl who resurrects her husband's brain into the body of a dinosaur, like, a few hundred <laughs> years into the future. Is that right? Yes, that is right. Cybersaurus. That was my first self-published book. That is definitely the one that I want to check out first. Um, anyway, yeah, thank you for joining us. Um, yeah, it's really good to have you on. Yeah, it was a pleasure to be on, and I hope to, in the future, bring a new awesome movie or other thing to you guys to check out. <laughs> when Attack the Block 2 comes out, <laughs> finally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, awesome. <laughs>Thank you for listening to another episode of Media MD. Um, yeah, so if you want to get in contact with the show, 
we have an email address, which is mediamdpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can also just check out our website, which is www.mediamdpodcast.com. And there's social links on there, and there's fun interactive games. I think I already used that joke. I'm yeah. sorry, Elliot. <laughs> yeah, I, I fucked up. Um, anyway, join us next fortnight when we'll be talking about two different shows in a double feature spectacular. Um, the We'll be talking about The 100 and iZombie. So tune in next fortnight for those.